0: Hi, everyone. This is Murder at Lamb Between the Lakes with your hosts, Amelia Courtney and Lainey Sullivan. You're listening to Season 2, A Season of Justice. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Murder at Lamb Between the Lakes. This is Part 2 of the Jim Grimes case. In our first interview, we have a very unique interview, actually, with a medium that had reached out to Dawn post Jim's murder.
1: That's right. Um, Louisa is a medium who, as Laney said, reached out. And actually, you're going to find this case, I mean, this interview very fascinating, I think. She gives incredible detailed description of the killer according to Jim himself. He reached out to Louisa. And that's what a medium does. And we will let you listen to the interview and let you hear what she had to say. And then we'll come back and discuss, you know, mm-hmm. we'll discuss that, Laney. We'll discuss everything she had to say. But pay attention to what she says about what Jim told her and what she was able to see through his eyes. Hey, everyone. So... Have you ever really thought about what it would be like to talk to like a, a real-life medium? So I always have, and it's always occurred to me that this is something I would really be interested in, and Louisa is someone who shared information that has proven to be very pertinent in this case, and she is a real-life medium, and she reached out to Dawn to share messages that came to her that she had received, and we have Louisa on with us today and she's going to explain to us how she received these messages um, about jim and so louisa welcome to the show and thank you so much for coming on with us
2: oh amelia thank you so much for this opportunity i appreciate
1: it yeah thank you so much so can you tell me just a little bit about um tell me a little bit about your I, i get your I think it's a superpower, but I guess it's a strength, or I don't know how do you, how do you perceive it? <laughs>
2: well, we're all born with the ability to hear, see, smell, sense things. Um, some of us have a little bit stronger um, ability than others, and if you are um, if you are uh, aware of that, um, you can seek someone that will help you develop these skills. Uh, I've had these skills of seeing people that have passed, hearing people, feeling things. Um, I don't get like visions of the future, but I, but I do get messages from those who have passed. But I, as a kid, I just thought that happened to everybody. I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. And then as I um, got a little bit older and, um, and those messages were still coming, I was busy raising children and working, and I just didn't really even have time to think about it. And um, when my own father passed, I had reached out to a medium and uh, to get a reading about my dad. And she said to me, I started to tell her about, you know, some things I have sensed over the years. And she said, well, you're a light worker. And I said, what? (laughs) She said, "You, you were someone that was put on this earth to help people walk in the light and the love of God. And that's why you're getting these messages that are so strong sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, and I would love to help you develop those. So I've been working with her for several years now and um, in fact consulted with her when I was getting information about Jim Grimes' case just to ensure that I wasn't missing anything and and to get some validation because um, mediumship isn't something that's very personal as far as the messages I get nobody else gets. Um, if you are a meeting, you can also receive those messages. So I just wanted validation from her that you know things were on the right track.
1: Right. Oh okay, So perfect. Um, so
2: that's that's yeah. how I um, that's how I started out.
1: That's I think that's amazing, and I think that you've probably have helped a lot of families and a lot of people get through a lot of tough times. So tell you us. Know, it's,
2: it's, yeah. It's it's been. I mean, it really is a gift, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. If people, when people know that I have this gift, who have known me for a very long time, they say, "I never knew you could do this." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Well, I, you know, I never did either," and so I really started to concentrate on it. And um, this has absolutely nothing to do with what I've done for a living for the past 30 years. Right. It's kind of cool too when people find it out.
1: Yeah, a gift is a perfect word. When I say superpower, I guess mm-hmm. gift is mm-hmm. the perfect word. So tell us more about how you've been able to help in this case, like how you've helped law enforcement, or maybe you know how law, how it's been more pertinent in the case, and maybe law enforcement like maybe took your information, or how you helped Dawn, gave Dawn information that she's been able to pass on to law enforcement. Sure,
2: sure. I actually worked. Um, I, my first contact was Dawn because Jim came to me and said I saw who shot me, and I can tell you who they were. And I, um, you know, did some research, reached out to Dawn, told her what I had, but also said if you want me to, you know, if you want to hang up and you think this is crazy, I will not be offended. But I couldn't live with myself if I didn't tell you that your husband reached out to me. And she, she was extremely open and said, absolutely. And I um, had given her the initial information that Jim had given to me and she passed it on to um, the detective working the case, mm-hmm. and um, he said, I definitely want to speak with her. And so he uh, not only had me speak with him, but when the FBI was brought in, I also spoke with them and the detective on the case.
1: So you spoke with Lieutenant Hunter as well as the FBI?
2: Yes, uh-huh.
1: Oh, so that's fascinating, yes, so okay.
2: Mhm. So, um, and more messages came because what's, um, what's interesting as a medium is that you will absolutely get direct messages from those that departed. In fact, Jim was the one that reached out to me, but as you're looking for additional information, you can also call on the archangels because their communication with, um, uh, with people here is, um, at a much higher level. So you'll get information much quicker and, um, and it's sort of in more volumes um when people pass and they go to the other side they often aren't the best of communicators they're kind of learning how you know to communicate um jim did a great job though i mean he did an amazing job but um i also relied on um, archangel michael in particular because he's known for his great communication and you know providing additional information and and again shane detective shane hunter was extremely open um to, you know to getting this information also
1: and so when Jim gave you information on his killer did he what was he giving you the person and details and, and details of what happened or can you give me more information on that
2: sure sure a little bit of both Amelia what he what he said to me was I saw who shot me I can identify him and I I, I want to tell you what what happened so he uh, Explain to me what happened and described the man who shot him, but also um, gave some signs and symbols that later on turned out to be extremely revealing and helpful in the case. That's uh, a... and, uh, let me tell you what, what they yeah. were.
1: Okay. So
2: mm-hmm. I literally saw the gentleman, I'm say gentleman, I, I literally saw the man who shot Jim. He was uh, thin and scraggly looking dirty blonde hair, very thin, very unkept. He was wearing um, faded overall jeans and a red, blue, and plaid shirt. He had on tan leather boots, but they were the pull-on kind, not the kind that you would lace up. They were uh, very dirty also. And then I was was shown, uh, I heard the gun go off. Um, It's interesting because when you're getting messages like this, Um, As a medium, they're not going to show you the gore. They'll show you what happened before and after the murder incident. So I heard the gun go off, and the next thing I saw was um, the trees lit up, and I saw birds just flying frantically out of the trees. But the sky was lit up, which was odd because I know, you know, I was seeing like a really dark farm area. And um, I come to find out later that Jim – had gone out to the barn to feed the animals, and he had one of those bands around his head that had a flashlight on it, mm-hmm. right? So when he was shot by this man, and he fell back onto the ground, of course, his head was pointed up, and the light was shining up in the trees, and the birds fled from the, the shot. Um, and then I saw that he had an enormous hole in his chest, and I was told that there was a special type of bullet that was used to just blow through the chest. Um, I also saw an old Sunoco gas sign. So for those of you that are listening that are old enough, um, years ago, Sunoco gas stations had sort of an old, you know, and you sometimes see them vintage signs. I was also given um, uh, the vision of, uh, I call it a Hallmark pickup truck, uh, where it's, you know, it's sort of typical in the Hallmark movies where the guy moves to the country and he wants to get away from the city and he drives this you know, old farm truck with the wooden slats on the side. Okay. That also proved to be very, very helpful. Um, I was also given the vision of a um, black Stetson hat, and that, um, and that, I saw this uh, man who uh, I, I want to say younger, because I, you know, I am older, but I, I want to say like in his 30s. I saw him being scolded by a um, father figure. And this father figure um, was taller than him, had his, like a gray and black scraggly beard and scraggly hair, and a, um, a larger belly that sort of overwent his, you know, unkept, you know, worn jeans. And he said, um, "You really effed up this time. You really effed up this time." Wow. Um, I also was told, and that this was by the angels. I was also told that there was a I saw a blue old blue sedan and that the um, that the boots and the murder weapon were put in there. Um, so that there was mud in the car and you know there would be mud in the car. Um, I also saw I asked to see where this because you can ask questions right. So I said you know where can you describe or show me where this this man this young man lives and um and i was shown a house just a a one-story house with a a front porch that you walked up the stairs on the side was a white porch and there was a kitchen window open and um, a broken down barn on the property and the smell of apple pie was overwhelming and uh, apparently the porch is very accurate to describe you know what's it this young man's uh, home, and um, and also um, th- there was a connection to pie, and this uh, apple pie. Okay. Uh mhm That then became you know known in the case, um, and then I was also getting um, the fact that he was doing a lot of drinking and getting into fights at the neighborhood bars. I saw that happening, and then there was a J name out. Not um, often you'll just get an initial, okay? Um, you know, J like a Jack or a Jeremy or whatever. That um, there was a very strong J name. Um, there was also um, a triangle of light that was present, and what that means is that there's more than one person involved. So I wasn't sure if there was um, if he had someone with him. I didn't see something someone with him. I didn't know if that was the father figure. And again, by father figure, that could have been a stepfather, that could have been his real father, that could have been a guy that just took him in, but it was a father figure that was chastising him. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, so, and, and but there was definitely, this this young man did not act alone. There were, there were other people involved, whether it was in the cover-up, Or the planning or whatever but there was there were other people involved and that's where the triangle
1: of light comes in that's uh, that's all really fascinating and that was amazing how much detail you went into because that's exactly what i kept trying to wanting to interrupt in the beginning because i'm like you have to have more detail because you can't just say that jim told you who did it because you can't just go talk to the police and the FBI and say this is who did it Jim said so <laughs> because <laughs> that's just not gonna work because you're gonna have to have some details to follow up on and you clearly just gave a ton of detail so you'd have to have some kind of evidence to follow and it seems like there was a lot of evidence there to follow
2: yes yes and again it wasn't me you know I'm just the, I'm just the messenger right it's the um it's Jim's ability to reach out to me, as others have, right, in the past. Others who reached out to me for different reasons um, that they aren't related to me. I mean, my relatives are around all the time and they're always talking to me and giving me advice and visiting me in my dreams, but um, Jim's not related to me, but he did reach out to me and um, provided information. And as soon as as um, as soon as he did, um, that's when I contacted Dawn, and then she put me in touch with Detective, uh, Uh, shane hunter i have to tell you something else though this does not have uh, any direct um, implication with the murder but it has direct proof of that this i really was receiving good messages and you know that this really does exist the ability to communicate with those loved ones who've passed Um, apparently uh, jim's office was completely emptied by um, the detectives. Uh, you know, everything was logged and his desk was locked. Everything was taken out of the drawers. And I said to Dawn, um, Jim is showing me I'm in his office and this is what it looks like. And I described his office and she said, Oh my God, it looks exactly like that. And I said, I want you to go and he's showing me a picture of you and him on the desk. And then I, I want you to go in the top right hand drawer. And he, there's something in there. And she said, I, I can't go back to his office. I just can't. And besides, there's nothing there, Maria, because the police took everything out except for the picture on the desk. Um, but they logged all the evidence and, and there's nothing in that, in that office. And I said, I, he's just extremely insistent that you have to go to the office and open that drawer. And she said, there's nothing there. And I really don't think I can bring myself to it. Do you think it has anything to do to, with the case? And I said, he's not saying, he's just saying, tell her it's imperative that she goes and opens that drawer. So she mustered the strength and went down to his office and opened the drawer and lying in the middle of the drawer that was completely empty was a coin with an angel on it. And she still carries that coin to this day with her. Wow. So that coin... Not I'm getting chills
1: as uh, I'm telling you this, Full body chills, to exactly hurtful. what I was yeah. about to say. Yes, full body yeah. chills.
2: Yeah, so he, you know, he, uh, I mean, they have the ability to leave things, to move things around, to, um, you know, to play around with. They have a great ability to play with electrical things, right, when they get to the other side. Um, so when people say lights flicker, yep, that, you know, that happens. Or things disappear and then they reappear, that, that happens. Um, so he had left that coin for her. Um, and when she um, texted me back and showed me the picture, I just started to cry because I thought that was the most beautiful gift from him to give to her because she had never seen that before. And they worked together, right? So it wasn't like she was never in his desk. She had never seen that coin before.
1: Yeah. Wow. And the
2: police validated, you know, that there was nothing in the desk.
1: That's crazy. <laughs>
2: hmm <laughs>
1: I know, right? Yes. (laughs) My mind
2: gets blown every day. (laughs)
1: Louisa, can I ask you, have you helped uh, law enforcement solve other cases before?
2: No, this was the first one. I've had um, family, uh, like I said, I have a a day job, right? So this isn't my full time job, but I do have family and friends reach out to me for different things, right? Whether they want to hear from loved ones or they want to resolve issues or um get information about you know something but not this was the first murder so i was um a bit taken aback Mm -hmm. um and 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 also uh the severity of it was just really really heavy on my shoulders so that's why i spent hours and hours and hours in meditation and you know talking with the archangels and you know getting questions from shane and asking the archangels and uh, and Jim, um, Jim literally woke me up at 3 a.m. every morning with music blasting. Um, and that sometimes happens from those that have passed, they'll, they'll play a song. And, um, and I thought, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, did my husband forget to turn the alarm down? Like, why the hell are we getting up at three o'clock in the morning? But I looked over and he was sound asleep and it wasn't the music in the room. It was the music in my head. It was and he did that every morning at 3 a.m., probably for about three or four weeks until he was satisfied that the information was out there. And then um, I got an image of him uh, sitting up on a cloud, swinging his legs, looking down and saying, it's all gonna happen, you guys did a great job. So that's when I knew that there was enough evidence, or, excuse me, I shouldn't say evidence, but there was enough um Information mm-hmm. to go out and start getting evidence, you know, to, to back up the information that I received. Because it would be great if I said, um, oh, you know, it was Peter Frank and this is the house he lives in, and there you go. Um, but that's not how the information comes in. It right. comes in, in you know, um, symbols and uh, visions, uh, and it's uh, it was also it's also difficult to do something long distance because I don't live in that area and I've never been to that city. So, you know, the um, giving them descriptions of things and having them say, oh, my gosh, that's this place or that place felt good because I can't, if it was in my neighborhood, I could say, oh, you go down this street and that street and there you go, (laughs) you know, but it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Oh, so you've never even, like, seen this area.
2: No, uh uh-uh. Nope. Never. Wow. I was shown it right I was was you've seen it right
1: and you're visually you've seen it
2: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. that's amazing Mm
2: -hmm. oh it is it's just it's a um, you know when I first was approached and again this was my first murder case I reached out to my medium and I said I've never done a murder case I've only done things out of love right you know loved ones that passed or people that had you know um, Unresolved issues with people that had passed that wanted to talk, and, um, and she said, "But this is totally out of love." She said, "This is the love that this that Don had for his her husband, and the fact that he reached out to you and asked for help."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and also, when you're a medium, um, it's almost like you you know people say, "Well, how do they reach out to you? Like, how do they know?" It's like you have a little light above your head, so. They say oh wow I, there's there's a place I can stop um, or that person can see me or hear me so mm-hmm. it's almost like you have like a, a you know open all night light it's a gateway
1: yeah it's a gateway yeah. right
2: it's a gateway exactly um, and in fact uh, not too long ago um, I guess it was like over the summer there was I can't remember her name but there uh, but I was in my kitchen and I On my deck, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a woman with short dark hair and glasses, middle aged, just leaning over and resting on my deck. And I thought, huh, I wonder who that is. So I said, Who is this? And because it didn't look like any of my relatives who I see, you know, from time to time. And she disappeared and then she came back again. And I said, Who is this and what can I do for you? And then she just totally disappeared. Um, and I was told to turn the news on and I turned the news on and here there was a woman who was a congresswoman in the local uh, Midwest area and I can't remember which state but she was just killed in a car accident. She was in a car with two of her um, assistants and they were driving from one place to another and a drunk driver went into the other lane crashed in and they were instantly killed. So she just sort of stopped by she saw this as a safe place
1: that is crazy Mm
2: -hmm. it's amazing she didn't want to speak yes and that you know and then i and you have to as a medium you have to you have to extremely open yourself up and you'll get messages and you'll say oh that doesn't make sense like i'm not going to say that it's not yours to judge there's no judgment you pass along what you hear you pass along what you see you pass along what you experience because it's not about you Mm -hmm. it's about the loved ones who are trying to reach out right Mm -hmm.
1: well louisa i can't tell you how amazing this entire experience has been for me like this has been pretty incredible so
2: oh you're welcome emile you're welcome but as i said i i saw i looked into his face and i saw his face um and when um I mean, uh, Detective Hunter can't it can't provide too much information to me, right, because the case mm-hmm. is ongoing. But what he has said to me is your descriptions have been extremely accurate.
1: Right, and it seems as though you yeah. saw it from his his eyes, like, his, like how you said you saw the light. So it seems mm-hmm. as though you saw it from his point of view. Mm-hmm
2: know, so the, you know, fins, I just kept seeing this guy that was very scraggly looking, dirty blonde, thin hair, very unkept, um, his clothes were unkept, but but um, also very key, I just kept looking at the boots that were, you know, worn and dirty, and they weren't normal boots you'd find on the farm where guys, you know, laced them up, but they were pull-on cool boots.
1: Right. And your attention to detail is amazing. So. I'm sure Don and the entire police department, as well as the FBI, couldn't be more grateful for everything you've given them and to give them a lead to go on and help them. So I'm sure that they're grateful for everything you've given them.
2: Oh, thank you for saying that, and I'm I'm just very grateful too because it's it's you know it's, as a medium you encounter people that completely do not believe you exist or you're a witch or you're you know whatever um, and and. It's all through the love of God. It's all through God's love, God's light, and communicating with those who have um, who have left us that have messages to, to tell people here on earth.
1: Well, I think that's unbelievably fascinating, and what a gift you have. So thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for sharing your story, and thank you for helping Dawn and Jim and, and the entire family.
2: Oh, thank you very much. It was an honor to...
1: Hope it comes to a closure soon, yeah. Well, so we as we all do, and thank you again, thank you, Amelia. thank you, Louisa. So, Lainey, what did you
0: think? Well, I'll be honest with you, Amelia. I was a bit skeptical about a medium providing concrete evidence for a case like this, and I will say, this has really changed my mind about that. Right? Right. I.
1: It, it was fascinating. I mean, I talking to Louisa, I thought, first of all, she was incredibly awesome just to talk to, first of all. I thought it was amazing. But the insight she gave to this case, I think, was overwhelmingly supportive um, of, I mean, just to... To support evidence alone, right? I mean, I think, right. and I, I hope that it becomes incredibly helpful to both Dawn and the, you know, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I, I know that Lieutenant Hunter has found her to be incredibly helpful, and like she said, she's been helping with the FBI as well. And this is her first uh, crime case, um, so I, you know, I hope that everyone can take, you know, all the evidence she gave and listen to like the description she gave and listens to that, and maybe somebody knows who this person is
0: but yeah. I mean the piece to the, the piece that really speaks to me is that one she got this information without searching it's not like she was proactively sought out to try to connect with Jim mm-hmm. he clearly came to her she's never been to the town before mm-hmm. she had all of this detailed information and she has really nothing but just wanting to help with the case right Exactly. As her main goal and objective. I mean, so
1: yeah, she asked Don, "Do you do you want my help?" Because I he came to me for help, mm-hmm. and he wants you to know this. And he he let her see through his eyes what he saw. That's what I found completely fascinating, and it was a true gift. and And I try to do research on the difference between a medium and psychic, and it's really hard to differentiate. But like, I think what you find with a medium is that, like we just said. The the people who've passed on come to her with messages and try to use her as a gateway Mm -hmm. with information that they want to pass along. So, and and I wondered why don't police departments or law enforcement use mediums more so um, to try to solve cases, especially cold cases, or why not? And the best thing I could come up with when I was trying to research it was is that mediums don't really get to choose you know, the information they receive. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's really hard to maybe accept some of the information that they would receive. I mean, especially, I I just can't imagine if that was your entire being, if you were a medium and you were constantly being, you know, sought out Mm -hmm. by people trying to, trying to make you solve their case all the time. Could you imagine?
0: Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. And also like to be able to interpret it. Like that's, That would be hard, right? Yeah, and exhausting. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, so I mean that, you know, good for Louisa to to, Mm -hmm. reach out to Don and tell them the information she had. And so I hope everyone, you know, really listened to the details she had because I really feel like she was seeing through his eyes. Yeah, and I think that speaks
0: volumes of the receptivity and the openness of the law enforcement and the FBI to actually take the information that she had to give yeah. and consider that in light of all the aspects that they know about the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and to really focus on that and to follow up on that as well as a lead. So. Well, I'll
1: tell you what else it tells me is that they know what she said mm-hmm. matches up with probably what they know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: No, I would say that that gives it a lot of credibility. I mean, to be right, engaging with both... Law enforcement and the FBI with this information is pretty telling. It also makes you think she knows who murdered Jim Grimes. Amelia had the pleasure of speaking with Lieutenant Shane Hunter of Giles County Sheriff's Department and here's the latest he has to share about the case.
1: Hi everyone and today I have on Lieutenant Shane Hunter from the Jaws County Sheriff's Department and he is here with us today to talk a little bit more about James Grimes and what we are looking for and with for tips from our audience. So Lieutenant do you mind telling us a little bit about um, what you're looking for?
3: Yeah absolutely so we know that there are persons That have uh, a couple missing pieces of the puzzle uh, involving this homicide. Uh, We know that that information has been relayed uh, to other members of the community. For whatever reason, uh, they're scared, uh, they don't trust law enforcement, or what, what the nature of the reasoning is. But we do know that those exist out there. And obviously, you know, we're looking for that. Small piece of the puzzle to complete this case, and, and we think it exists in our community. So, any information uh, that you think uh, may not be very pertinent to this case, uh, obviously, could be link to uh, get this case to where it can go before you know a judge. Uh, so, um, that's you know that's exactly what we're, we're needing. Uh, it's just a small piece of. The
1: And I know that you have worked on this case since um, April, that day on April 19th in 2021. Um, Were you there that night?
3: Yes, I was.
1: And that night, I mean, did you know right away that this wasn't an accident, right?
3: Yes, we knew immediately that it wasn't. Uh, Actually, before I arrived on scene, uh, I did relay some information uh, pertaining to the case to, to.
1: I asked Miss Grimes in our interview, you know, there was about a nine-minute window from when she was sitting there, and with with her husband and waiting for um, help to arrive. I, and I asked her, did it ever occur to her that she could have been in danger while she was sitting there? And she said, no, it never really occurred to her. But was there ever a moment like when you guys arrived there, like did you immediately start searching for someone?
3: Yeah, so we we waited. Uh short period of time and I can tell you the exact time frame on that. Uh, we had called in other resources uh, to include uh, canine search units as well as potentially Highway Patrol's uh, air support unit uh, that obviously has uh, advanced tracking capabilities. Uh, you know, obviously that was one of the immediate concerns immediately was that uh, the person or persons involved in this uh, were could have been still in the immediate area, mm-hmm. and in This rural community, uh, you know, uh, it, if you look at the uh, layout of the land, you know, uh, it's not real accessible uh, by means of uh, transportation. So.
1: we've only heard great things about mr grimes and what a pillar of the community he was um is it just you know shocking to everyone that someone would come after him
3: yeah absolutely you know it's like uh speaking of Mr. crimes it's a shame that knowing that somebody in our community uh with his stature you know i, I never had the opportunity to meet but obviously for the last 19 months uh, we have been very well acquainted with who uh, Jim Crowns was and and what he stood for and and all the great things that that he had done within the community. You know, not to say that it's never a shame that, you know, there's any life that's ever taken, you know, should be any less, um, you know, taking value, but uh, when you look at what Mr. Crown stood for and his passion for life and just the overwhelming of what he gave back to the community. County and Williamson County, and, and what a, um, just a sadness that, that it brought to those communities uh, where he had given so much for, and you know, his life was so quickly taken, you know, uh, and cow- cowards, uh, you know, within the community. hmm
1: well, Lieutenant, I can't thank you enough for coming on here with us, and I, I hope we're able to help. And if there's anything else you need from us, please let us know.
3: Yes, absolutely. You know, I just want to reiterate that there is a one million dollar reward um, for you know information leading to the arrest and conviction of the individual or individuals responsible for Mr. Brown's uh, murder. Um, and like I said earlier, I, I do think that. Those shortcomings are, are coming pretty soon. I think that the person or persons of interest uh, know that uh, that we're very close uh, and just lacking just a small piece of the puzzle to be able to uh, bring those responsible to justice.
1: So you do have a person, a couple people of interest?
3: We, we do have a person or persons of interest, mm-hmm. too. That is correct.
1: So you're, and you're just missing a couple of pieces there. And that, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit. I've, I don't know if I've ever really heard of a case that has a million-dollar reward out.
3: Yeah, that's what's just so bizarre is that, uh, you know, with this large amount of reward, you know, um, the, uh, I guess, array or the lack of tips is kind of uh, uh, astounding. So, I mean, obviously, we we think there's a reason why that uh, those tips have not been uh, more forthcoming. And uh, obviously, you know, I'll keep that to myself to the end, but uh, obviously we do believe that there are parties within the community or other communities that that do have information about this case and for whatever reason uh, they have not come forward to, to provide those. You know, uh, get this message through your podcast, and maybe some people uh, will feel a little more comfortable uh, reaching out with uh, uh, these, these pieces of the puzzle.
1: Yeah, I would think someone would want to turn someone in for a million dollars.
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of times they say that, you know, uh, money isn't everything. You know, obviously, if family's involved mm-hmm. or, or something like that, and Obviously you know there's a lot of times that, that people won't turn in their own family but a uh, million dollars is a lot of a lot of money uh, for, you know, information in this case right uh, something that I, in my twenty five year career uh, I've never had uh, the experience of you know having that large sum of money for reward
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you again, Lieutenant. We also, at the end of this podcast, we'll have all the phone tip lines, um, your Sheriff's Department line on there, as well as the TBI, and we also have our own tip line. Um, we'll have all the numbers listed, as well as on our social media pages. We'll list all the numbers for everyone to call, and would you like for them to ask for you directly, or just leave the tip number, or I mean, just leave the tip with someone that answers there at the department? Yeah, whatever they're more
3: comfortable with, if they want to ask for, for Myself or investigator Luke Tyson. Uh, he's actually the lead um, okay. case agent on this. Uh, so, you know, either is fine. Uh, obviously, a lot of times, you know, information gets uh, not handled in the most uh, desired way. So, if, if it's one of us, then, then obviously it would uh, be directly you know, involved in the case.
1: That sounds great. And then and then also people are allowed to come on and leave a tip anonymously as well.
3: Absolutely. Anything that will help bring uh, justice for uh, Mr. Grimes would be greatly appreciated.
1: Okay, well thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely, thank you for your help. So
0: thanks to Lieutenant Hunter, it- definitely sounds like they're making quite a bit of progress on this case and they're really only just a step away from potentially making a decision for an arrest or bringing a suspect in um I think that's amazing
1: yeah this case progressed pretty quickly and I think it sounds like you know they just need that one tip or that one person to call in and Lenny, well, again, I think we've talked about this already. There's a one million dollar reward on the line here and I think, you know, as Lieutenant Hunter said in this that he you know, he's surprised they haven't had more tips come in and he thinks that maybe, you know, someone afraid to like turn in a family member or he said something he would discuss later on. But I I just think that in Somebody would turn their own mother in for way less than that. Oh I God. mean, someone would turn a mother in, or a brother in, or sister. I mean, I don't know, for way less than a million dollars. So
0: totally. And I also think that the million dollar amount speaks volumes of how respected and how much of a pillar of the community Jim Grimes was.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And that entire community pulled together that money. So I, I just. I mean, I looked it up today to see how many cases have had a million dollar reward, and I gotta tell you, not many. I mean, there's not a lot of cases with a million dollar reward. So, anybody listening out there that thinks they have a tip um, that could lead to the arrest and, um, and, conviction. and conviction of, of the of murder, the, yeah, yeah and of the murder
0: of Jim Grimes, it can be helpful for the Grimes family and it can be helpful for you.
1: Yeah. This is a big one. So um, please listen to all of the numbers that we're going to share and um, listen to all the tips that we've provided from um, Louisa and Lieutenant um, Shane Hunter. If there's any information that you have, please call any of the numbers that are provided. Okay, thanks for listening. Um, If you didn't listen to Episode 1, go back and listen to Episode 1. It's a little bit long, but I think all the interviews are worth listening to. I know know they're very... You know deep and hard, sometimes hard to listen to but um, i think you should listen to all of them so if
0: anyone out there has any information that could be useful or a tip any small detail that you believe might be able to be part of this case or helpful to this case please reach out Um, There's multiple ways you can reach out. You can reach out to the Giles County Sheriff's Department at 931-638-2358. You can reach out to anytime the TBI at 1-800-TBI-FIND. And then you can always call Amelia and my tip line at 609-559-0214. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Thank you for listening to Murder at Land Between the Lakes. Music by Indy44. Produced by Discrepancy Podcast. Hosted and edited by Lainey Sullivan and Amelia Courtney.